Welcome to the St. Benedict Parish Sunday Message Podcast. Thank you for listening. And now, here's the Sunday's message. I don't know if you realize this, but Father Alex and I, we spent a lot of time trying to understand the culture in which we live. We, we literally spent hours researching, primarily through watching TV, and, uh, you know, so we watch these shows trying to understand culture. And in fact, I don't know if this ever happened to you. We were watching the show. It's been a few years we've been tracking with it. And it started off amazing, this creative new concept, great writing, amazing acting, all this kind of thing. And, uh, and then it took a nosedive. And so we're like most of the way through season three. And we're sort of in this tension. Do we keep watching? Now, you might be asking yourself, well, what show is it, Father? I'm not going to tell you. But I'll tell you, it's not Paw Patrol, uh, although this is a culture-forming show for sure. That's culture-forming television. Uh, But every week, we face this existential crisis. Should we keep going? We've we've invested so much in the characters in this story, we're looking for an ROI, right? A return on our investment. Or do we just cut bait and change the channel? And so the other day, we're, we're talking about this, praying about it, discerning, should we keep going? And finally, Father Alex just blurted out, hey, do I look like a quitter? (laughs) And honestly, there's some days where it's hard for me to answer that question. (laughs) So we just did what we always do. We went ahead and watched the show. And, uh, and I was left, uh, well, first of all, I went in with very low expectations, and I was left feeling empty afterwards. And I'm not making that up, that's often how I feel after watching this particular show, these going with low expectations and feeling empty. And maybe, again, you've, this has happened with entertainment, you watch TV or a movie, and you just have these low expectations, and, and they're met. You feel kind of empty afterwards. Well, I use this as an analogy to talk about our experience of church, where for so, much, so many people, their experience of church, of faith, maybe they come in with low expectations and they leave feeling empty. And in fact, right now, you know, what are your expectations for this homily? You know, Father Simon, he's probably going to tell a story. He's probably going to try to make a point. He'll definitely make fun of Father Alex and he'll go on too long, right? Those are probably your expectations, which are mine as well, by the way, just to be, to be honest. Um, but seriously, how many people do we know who have changed the channel? For whatever reason, the, the expect, expectations were low, they've felt empty, and they've walked away. Like literally, by a show of hands, how many people do you know who no longer come to church? They used to go to church, they used to be, am I the only one? Family members, friends, okay, pretty much everybody, pretty much everybody, and probably you online, we can't see your hands raised, but probably the same thing. This is a universal experience where people's low expectations, and then they leave feeling empty. And I think there's something essential that's missing. Well, today we're talking about this Feast of Pentecost, considered the birthday of the church, where Jesus, he died, he rose from the dead, 40 days he was hanging out with his uh, apostles, and he's performing signs and wonders, he's teaching them, 
and then he ascends into heaven. And that was last week. And you can just imagine, Jesus left, there would have been this giant void, something was missing, this, this emptiness, this person for whom, for the last number of years, their whole lives had centered around. Jesus was the core, and he was gone. They would have felt empty. But just before leaving, he gave this instruction, I want you to go into the city of Jerusalem and wait. Wait for the promise of the Father. Wait with expectation. And so they did. They went back and they waited and they prayed and uh, they continued. One day went by, they waited. Second day, five days went by, a week went by. I can't even wait 90 seconds for my oatmeal to get cooked in the microwave in the morning. Nine days of praying and waiting with expectation. And on the 10th day, something incredible happened. They had this glimpse of heaven. Here's how it's described in the Acts of the Apostles. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place, and suddenly from heaven... There came a sound like the rush of a violent wind. Divided tongues as a fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. There's this experience that's hard to understand, to grasp. There's wind, there's fire, but what do we know? Whatever emptiness they, they had been feeling before, they were now filled with God, the Holy Spirit. They went from, from knowing Jesus as God, who is with us, to experiencing the Holy Spirit, who is God, in us. That as amazing as it was that to know Jesus, who was is, who is near them, close to them, their friend, he was external to them, now they actually experience God who is at their very center, filling them up, filling them with life, filling them with joy, filling them with love. This experience of the Holy Spirit was so incredible that, that actually here we are 2,000 years later still talking about it. In fact, we are it. We are the legacy of Pentecost, two billion Christians, 2,000 years later, continuing to live uh, following Jesus because the Holy Spirit came on that first Pentecost. And so it actually doesn't matter if Father Simon gives this long, boring, meandering, meaningless odyssey of an attempt at a message because the Holy Spirit can still fill us up regardless. And so, objectively, we know the Holy Spirit is here, he is in the church, he is in our hearts, and yet, pay attention to this, there's still a problem, right? Because people still feel empty, people still leave, they walk away. There's so many churches that literally are empty. So what's the problem? I, I guess for me, the way I describe it is, I think it's an expectation problem. And so, I don't want to get too technical here, but uh, there was this, this big theological dispute hundreds of years ago, about 500 years ago, and these different camps that formed, some that were into cessationism and others continuationism. So those are really big words. Just think cease versus continue. Now, just in case you're like, is he just making up words here? I promise you this is true. I read about it on Wikipedia. So. 
And there are these different camps, and, and essentially this, uh, it's, this is an oversimplification, but uh, the cessationists, they believed, yeah, the Holy Spirit came to, to get the church going at the beginning, kind of like a rocket taking off, burning fuel during takeoff, but then at a certain point, the Holy Spirit ceased to be actively involved in the life of the church, in the life of believers. And, and so, you have that camp, they, in other words, they don't expect the Holy Spirit to show up. And then the continuationists who are like, yeah, we believe the Holy Spirit was there at the start and he's still here today. He's continuing. He's at work. Their expectation is that the Holy Spirit is on the move and wants to do something. And I'm going to show my hand here. I'm in the latter camp, a continuationist. And actually, I think I'm in good company. Because the Catholic Church is a continuationist church. We believe that the Holy Spirit is alive and that he's still here today and he wants to be involved in our lives. But the problem is that so many of us, we live as though we're practical cessationists. We live in this way like we feel God is just distant, he's not that interested, he's far away. When actually he's in side of us. And he's showed up in power. He showed up 2,000 years ago in Jerusalem. And I can point to different examples down through the ages where the Holy Spirit poured himself out in a fresh way so that believers could be reminded that, yeah, God is with us. God is in us. And I want to give you one example of something that happened very recently, three months ago in Kentucky. Not at a KFC, but at a campus, a Christian campus called Asbury. Has anybody heard about this? Some refer to this Asbury revival. So here's kind of what happened. They, they would normally have these chapel times, right? So students would come together, pray, and then at the end of chapel time, they'd go on to class. Well, that happened one day in February, and, uh, and as they were leaving, they, a few of them just lingered for a bit. They said, we're just going to wait. We're going to keep praying with this expectation that God's going to come. And they continued to pray. And, and as, that, as that happened, others caught word there was something happening. And some students went back to, to pray with them, to join them. And, uh, and God started to move. And they kept praying through the night and actually into the next morning and the next day through the night, and this thing continued nonstop for two weeks. And during that time, word got out that something was happening. There was, people were experiencing something of God in a powerful, fresh way, and they started to travel to visit 100,000 people. Do you catch that? 100,000 people went to visit this little town in Kentucky that nobody's ever heard of. And they experienced something powerful of God. This prayer meeting that was being led by 18, 19, 20-year-olds, something was, it wasn't flashy. It was very humble, humble and low-key, but it was powerful. And these students, they're moved to repentance, all kinds of amazing things. I got to, I got to witness live some of these students sharing eyewitnesses who were in the room. And let me tell you, they were full of joy. They were full of life. They were full of love. They were full of humility. They were full of the Holy Spirit. Something powerful had happened there. And, 
and they had experienced heaven in a unique way. Some of them said, I cannot unsee what I've seen. My life is changed forever. And I share this with you to help increase our own expectation that, that the stuff we read about in the Bible, it's not just something that happened 2,000 years ago. It's happening right now, and it can happen here at St. Benedict Parish. In fact, we believe it needs to happen because just think about all those young people, how many people their age have had this experience of, I have low expectations of the church, I feel empty when I go, and I'm gonna change the channel. And yet we at St. Benedict's, we wanna be a place where people do not leave empty, where people can be filled with the Holy Spirit. We want to create a Holy Spirit culture. We're talking about essentials. This is one of the essentials to our parish, a Holy Spirit culture. What do I mean? This, this sense of expectation, this, this radical surrender to the Holy Spirit that God, we're with you. We're willing to do anything you want to do. You know what? I, w- I texted a friend of mine uh, before this weekend, and I said, I'm preaching. She happens to be a religious sister. And I said, could you pray for me? I'm preaching. It's Pentecost. It feels like a big deal. And she said, yeah, yeah, just, just as you're preaching, make sure people think you're drunk. <laughs> Thanks, sister. That's what happened on that first Pentecost. They, were, they weren't drunk, but they experienced, as some theologians call it, this sober intoxication. They were, they were so radically open to God. They were so expectant. They experienced something. And this, this, here's how it's going to look here at St. Benedict. Just a few things to, to help us understand. There's going to be vibrant worship that our worship, we're moved to worship God. It's not just the job of the band, even though we're so blessed to have amazing musicians, that the whole church is moved to worship God, that, that we take the, the focus off ourselves and place it on God. Throughout the New Testament, when they worshiped, that's when the Holy Spirit came. There, we're going to see the gifts of the Holy Spirit that people will come to understand that God is giving you gifts. I think of these like power tools to enable us to fulfill the mission. Some are ordinary, some seem extraordinary. Things like administration, hospitality, service. Men, I love people who have those gifts, who can serve, who, who can organize. Amazing. These are supernatural things that God can supercharge. Or there's, there's things that might seem extraordinary. Things like uh, prophecy, the gift of tongues, healing. Do you know that in this church, two days ago, Friday night, we were gathered for this proclaim night, and Sebastian, our seminarian, he led us through this amazing time, and that there were people in our church who experienced physical healings. People who had pain, serious pain in their knees, in their ankles, and in other places, uh, who, who after being prayed with, the, the levels of pain instantly reduced. I don't know how to explain that, but I think we're going to see more and more of these signs and wonders. We're going to see things like conversions, people's lives getting turned upside down, their hearts being filled with the love of God in the Holy Spirit. And, and as this happens, as this culture grows, we're going to be the church that we believe God has called us to be, this, this church that is explosively alive. 
And I want to just take a moment and celebrate some of what God is already doing. This culture, it's not brand new. We're starting to build it and to grow it. And just last week, we were celebrating new disciples, people who had had these, these conversions. And uh, we just have a short video we want to play for you to, to see what God is doing, how the Holy Spirit is already at work here in this parish. So let's just dim the lights, and we're going to play this video. that I didn't know Jesus like I thought I knew Jesus but I didn't know he cared about me and was with me all the time I thought he was in a distant place sort of benevolent but not really knowing me and I've started to learn how to pray and so I talk to him all day long now and I pray to him not in a real formal way but as a friend and I feel that He's been revealing himself to me. It's probably something I haven't really talked about before, but I think he knows me better than anyone, probably better than myself. So Malachi is 14 months old now. Um, so kind of in the last year, what I've really learned about God is for, the, for one of the first times, really feeling like his unconditional love in a way that I can really relate to now with having him. I've always known that God unconditionally loved me, but I've never experienced, I think, like what unconditional love I could give. So having him has really, really shown me that and, and I've experienced that. I'm born again Christian and uh, I just knew that I was losing my way. And my wife is Catholic, and I decided to come to church. And I knew that he hasn't left me. Uh, he's with me everywhere I go. Well, uh, I'm new here. I didn't really know anything about uh, God, the Catholic Church, or anything like that. But a year ago, I think, at a low point in my life, I didn't know I knew God. I had gone to a Baptist church before when I was little, when I had no morals, no beliefs, like at the lowest point in the pit. I prayed to God and uh, he helped me through it. <laughs> my first experience, well, my first sort of profound experience with Jesus was during the wintertime Alpha. We have um, like a weekend getaway just in the basement here. And during that time, we had a, a Parisian worship, an afternoon, I suppose. Uh, where we would we would pray and we would worship for for a few hours in the afternoon and during that time they had people willing to pray over you um, I went back and I said I don't know right now what I need to be prayed for but I would still like to be prayed for regardless I felt as if there was someone hugging me and it, I just felt this overwhelming sense sense of joy and I, I felt like I was loved Mine was a little more different. We were, I was praying with other parish members uh, just over me and I just remember I just felt like this big weight had been lifted off of me and I just remember the tears coming down and I, I don't really cry very often. Yeah, I'll just never forget that moment. I just really felt like Jesus was there. Praise God. Praise God. And I think this is just the beginning. What I want to do is just take a moment 
um, and, and pause, linger. We're not going to take two weeks, don't worry, but uh, we might take a couple of minutes. And uh, I just invite you, church, to stand. We want us to, we can't conjure up the Holy Spirit, that's not what we're trying to do at all, but we can wait. As those early disciples did, wait with anticipation, with expectation that he wants to come in. And I want to say that if there's anybody here today, maybe you've been feeling a little empty, a little bit lost, or you just need more of the Holy Spirit, I want to invite you to do something a little bit crazy. Uh, again, those apostles, they thought they were drunk that day. We're not going to go too crazy, but I'm going to invite you to come to the front. Just come up closer to the front. If you want to be filled up with the Holy Spirit today in a special way, just come forward. Yeah, a few people are coming. Don't be shy. Even Father Alex needs to be filled up again. So, if, I mean, we can pray. Everybody will pray wherever you are, but I think coming forward is just an act, a further act of surrender saying, yeah, God, I want you. I need more of you. I need you to fill me up. I've been feeling a little bit empty. I need more love. I need more life. I need more of you. So it's just going to be real simple, low-key, but let's just close our eyes, first of all. And then if you would, just open your hands out in front of you in this gesture of wanting to receive. This way of saying, I surrender. And one of the things that's so common, it happened at Pentecost that day, and it happened in Asbury as well, this experience of repentance, to clear away that stuff, to genuinely say, God, I'm sorry. I just want to pause right now, and if there's anything that's weighing on your heart, and allow the Holy Spirit to reveal it to you, just quietly in your, your own heart to say, God, I'm sorry. I repent. Maybe it's pride. Maybe it's some other unhealthy habit that you feel caught in. God, I'm sorry. Thank you. Thank you. Lord, set us free. We're going to ask the Holy Spirit to come now. And it's, again, just real simple. You can... Say these words with me. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Let's say it a few times. Come, Holy Spirit. 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 Just say, I surrender to you, Holy Spirit. I surrender to you, Holy Spirit. And we're just going to wait for a moment. Just wait for the Holy Spirit to come. Come, Holy Spirit.
just having a sense of uh, the scripture from Isaiah 55. It's a paraphrase, but God says, as high as the heavens are above the earth, so much higher are my thoughts than your thoughts, my ways than your ways, my love even than your love, so much higher. God's love is so huge for us. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. You are so much higher. Thank you. Let's just say thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for coming, Lord. Thank you for being here. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Let's rest in him and just believe that if you've asked him to come, he is here. If you felt something, great. If, even if you, you felt nothing, don't worry about it. The Holy Spirit comes when we ask. And uh, just as we continue in Mass, just be attentive to the Holy Spirit just gently stirring in your own heart. So Lord, bless us. Continue to pour yourself out, your Holy Spirit, to dwell in our hearts. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the St. Benedict Parish Sunday Message Podcast. If you liked what you heard today, subscribe and share this with a friend. God bless and have a great week.